What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Biblical Athlete Podcast, where our sport is our ministry. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. My name is Tony Anderson. I am the founder of TBA and will be a host for this podcast. For today's episode, I had the opportunity of interviewing Jaquan Lavender. Jaquan is a track athlete from Steubenville, Ohio. Starting off being the worst runner on his team in his younger days to putting up elite numbers at Olympic combines to now training for the Olympic trials for track and field. Jaquan's life has been tested in many ways, but through his work ethic, faith in God, and standing firm on God's promises, he's been able to endure to reach this point of his career. Jaquan's passion and fervor for Christ is evident, which has been the foundation of his success. Here's my conversation with Jaquan Lavender. All right, today I got Jaquan Lavender with me. Uh, I'm really excited to uh, hear his story and, you know, just listening to everything that, you know, has gone on in his life and what God is showing him. How you feeling, Jaquan? Pretty good, man. Thank you for having me today. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, so before we get into everything, um, I want to ask open the question, ask all the guests. Um, in your words, what does it mean to be a biblical athlete? Biblical athlete, in my opinion, is um, athletes telling the story of how God brought them through their adversity, uh, perseverance. You know, definitely God has his chosen people. And I think uh, biblical athletes, you know, we all got a mission to, you know, it's not just about us. Some athletes get caught up and, you know, giving the glory to themselves. But being a biblical athlete, we give glory to God and showing that what he can do and, you know, having his hand over our life, you know, being able to, you know, compete at a high level, that's nothing but God giving us the grace, you know, the mercy. And he gave us that gift since we was born to do that. So definitely giving thanks to God to being a biblical athlete is a privilege and an honor. For sure. Um, I like that perspective of athletes telling the story. I never really heard it put like that. I like that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so before we get into everything, kind of give us, you know, this uh, life overview of, you know, from – from where you started to where you are now. And then from there, we'll just pick that story apart as we go. So from seventh grade, I started running track. Um, I wasn't the best athlete. I was always the worst athlete on the track team. And then, you know, I, I told myself one day, I said, I'm never going to lose in the 400 again, going into my eighth grade year. The eighth grade year, um, I won every race my middle school year. And I came across a coach named Jack Thornton, who's my coach now. And he's been coaching me since. And, you know, he put into me like, man, if you want to do this, you, you're going to have to piss on working because it's some people that's even better than you, faster and hungrier than you. And you, you're in a small city. So it's different coming out of Stoneville, Ohio, you know, trying to be the kid to go to the Olympics. So it's, it's like a childhood dream. And you look at it like, man, I got a chance to do this. So going into my high school career, I had some ups and downs with injuries. Um, my senior year was my breakthrough year. I ran 49 seconds in the 400. Mm. Uh, I went off to States. I lost my first race at States. And, you know, it humbled me because I got so comfortable of just winning. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I, I forgot what losing felt like. So yeah. you know, it's, it's moments like that where God was like, okay, you know, I'm gonna let this happen so he can see the other side of things perspective. And then once I got, you know, used to that, you know, going to college, you don't win everything. And I know how a loss felt. And going into college, I had a decent career. I never was an All-American. You know, I had honors for National Men's um, Athlete of the Week, mm-hmm. but I never was an All-American. I never ran that fast in college. And, you know, I always was overlooked. And things like that it humbled me and it made me a better man outside of, you know, sports so I became more meek and calm you know because when you face those things in college you tend to get bitter and you tend to get mad at your coach but I just would talk to God and like God why is this happening and he would just like tell me in dreams like he'll show me different things mm-hmm. and I was like okay well I will start praying for my coach when he will do like evil things like that towards me I will just pray for him because I know that the Bible says, do not render evil for evil, but do good. So I will always pray for him. I was always pray for those who would, you know, despise me and say different things about me. But I just kept going and, you know, leading up to now, man, it's just, I went off to LA in 2019. Mm-hmm. 
I went to a, a, a USA team combine and I did pretty well and it caught the coaches' attention. And then I went back to Utah months later. I went to, I actually did Winter Olympics. So oh, I did wow. the Winter Olympics for skeleton. Mm. I, I got third at the combine and I like, nah, that's not enough. So mm. next, the following year, last year, I did the combine here at home and my mm. like people from the city came out and see me do it because we had to do a virtual. Mm. And since it was a virtual combine, I got to do it in front of my family, my friends. Yeah. So it made me more, you know, it felt confident. Yeah, and yeah. Then I, I shocked myself with the results. And then months, I had to wait a long period. So it was like four, four months of not hearing nothing. And mm. then I finally got a call from the USA coach and he's like, congratulations, you made the team. So I went off to Utah in November. I did skeleton. You know, I did my training and I came back to Stoneville. And now I'm training for the Olympic trials for track and field. Mm. Man, so that you you uh you covered a lot with that. So uh let's back up a little bit. So you said kind of everything started up you seventh grade. So going mm-hmm. into that time, what so like were you like were you playing other sports or were you just focused on track or um, you know, you, you know, you know how it is like growing up, you know, people play like three, four different sports at one time and then they kind of like, you know, see what they like. So were you always focused on track or did you kind of have other interests uh, leading up to that moment? Well, my first sport was soccer. I played that for 14 years. Okay. And then I fell, I fell a lot of it once I started getting towards middle school. I played football and basketball. And then eighth grade year, I just played basketball and ran track. So once I start running fast and track, that's when I fell in love with the sport because I never did like the sport. My mom would have to drag me out of bed to go to practice. Like, come on, it's time to go to practice. Mm-hmm. I, my coach, the only reason why I didn't like track because my coach made it uncomfortable and he was pushing me into greatness. I didn't see it at that time, but he was being strict because he knew the potential I had. So it's like, it's a blessing when someone sees the potential in you and they're going to push you into your greatness. That's how God is. He's going to take you out your comfort zone to make you, you not know, saying who you're called to be. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so with that, you, you, uh, like you mentioned like over time, you know, you having these moments when you were, you would feel humbled and you would have to go to God and things like that. So growing up was faith a big part of your family like was that something that you know you guys had as as a unit you go to church together or was something that that you found for yourself later on um we definitely grew up in a household of faith definitely my family is uh strong believers but once you go off to you know college it that stuff just to be honest it goes out the window sometimes yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. you're facing the world now you're on your own so I had to, you know, go through some things, go through the dark to be brought to the light. Mm-hmm. So um, basically figuring out again, like this thing isn't just no Luke, lukewarm walk. This isn't no cakewalk. You got to mm-hmm. you got to be strong in your faith with God. So definitely, you know, the trials and tribulations that I went through in college and leading up to now made me who I am. Mm, for sure. I, I think we I, I know for me, I grew up in the church as well, and I kind of have a similar testimony of you know always like being familiar to things of God being familiar to church and going you know all the service and the revivals going through all that stuff year after year and you get used to it you know you you know you you take it you know you you take it for granted you don't really think you know right. I mean, it's cool but you know it's not really that serious but it's it's when you go through these situations you look back like man my foundation is the thing that's really keeping me grounded in these moments mm-hmm. because without it you know, you would just be, you know, back and forth. But uh, I think it's very crucial for for those of us who have grew up in the church to have it for ourselves, because it's very easy for us to, um, you know, latch on to our family members' faith and latch on to their salvation and say, well, because so-and-so or, or because, you know, my dad is this, my mom is this, therefore I'm good with God when, you know, that's not the case. You know, we have to have it for ourselves. So um, I definitely can relate to that as well, uh, getting it for myself later on. So you, you mentioned how early on when you uh, when you were uh, running track and everything, you first started off, you said that you were the worst on the team and you never really was, you know, a standout, you know, um, runner and things like that. So what was so I know you mentioned like your coach telling you, like, hey, you got to put some work in. So like at that time, were you just running just to run or were you, you know, like did you see yourself you know, having a future with it later on? 
um, or was it like his words, like kind of like a wake up call? Like, let me take this thing a little bit more seriously. Definitely his words was a wake up call. Um, mm-hmm. Seventh grade. I did it because it was cool to be that guy that did three sports for that three sport reward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I ran track to get that three sport. But once I seen I like I'm so competitive, once I seen I was losing, but towards the end of the season, I started winning. And I was like, OK, if it's going to go like this, then I'm going to take this a little bit more serious. And then my coach worked with me all summer. And then I came back and I dropped about, I went from a minute to, I think I ran 56 seconds or 57 mm-hmm. seconds in the 400. And mm-hmm. then he was like, you, you have potential to really be that guy that comes down to Stoneville and runs like big things. Cause I, in the whole decade, I was the only guy that ran under 50 seconds in the 400. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once once he was telling me all this, because he believes in me so much that, you know, I'd be shocked sometimes. Cause I don't, just to be honest, you don't believe in yourself like that. And once you have people like that supporting you, you'd be like, OK, I, I can do this thing. If they believe in me, why can't I believe in myself? Right. If God brought me this far, I think he's going to leave me now. So it's, it's like, OK, you got to pay hand to hand, Quan. If you really want this, you got to go for it. Yeah. So once you kind of seen your, you know, seen your potential, like kind of like how did your perspective change in terms of the sport? Like, did it go from like, oh, I really can do this thing like long term or was it like, you know, we'll see as time goes on or did you see it right away? It, it got personal. Once yeah, I started yeah, yeah. <laughs> personal, like, right, right, right. This, this is business. Like, yeah, people in high school, when I would go to practice, they'd be like, oh, here he go. Man, mm-hmm. I, my coach would be like, okay, we running 29 seconds in the 200. I'm going for 26, 25, because I know what I'm shooting for. Yeah. 29 not going to get me to where I need to go. Right. I need to be running faster. So once I started thinking that, I put my headset, like, on the professional mind. Like, okay, mm-hmm. these are what the pros doing, so I'm going to do what the pros doing. I'm going to treat myself as a pro in high school and continue that mindset in college. That's why I developed, you know, into a, a strong athlete. Yeah, that's um, that's a great point. I know for me as as a basketball player and other people that I know who play different sports, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's always that it's always that perspective. Where you can tell when somebody's like, OK, they're different amongst the yeah. people that they go to school with. Like for you to say, like, you could be like the top dog of your group, but your mind like, nah, that's still not enough because so and so in. And in Virginia has ran this last week and I'm trying yeah. to compete with him. You know, y'all, you know, y'all cool and everything, but I'm I, I'm trying to get somewhere with it. And I think that's the difference when it comes to being, you know, an amateur and being a professional because it's all mindset. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody, everybody is talented. Everybody has abilities. Everybody can do what they do. But it's, it's the perspective that sets people apart. So I definitely can I definitely can relate to that, like being on my high school team and you know, they will be satisfied with certain things. And I'm like, no, nah, that's not enough. Like where I'm trying to get to, this ain't going to cut it. And um, yeah, that's just like, I, I can just tell what type of athlete you are just off of that statement alone uh, with mm-hmm. that. So, so, uh, so with that, you, you went to uh, Tiffin, right? Yep. So kind of walk us through the journey of, of, you know, of, of high school and everything that happened. And then you going on to Tiffin in terms of, you know, the, you know, the success that you had at track um, and choosing Tiff and the things like that. So before I went to Tiff, I went to Point Park University. It's an NAIA school okay. in Pittsburgh. So I, I actually transferred to Tiff in two years out of Point Park. Okay. But Point Park, I, um, I actually broke the school record in the 400, mm. the four by four. Um, you know, it was different things going on at that time. So I... Uh, I wanted to transfer out and then I chose Tiffin and then I competed there for three years. And then, you know, it's the same situation, but I stuck through it. Mm. And I was like, okay, um, Quan, what you going to do is you going to quit track because of these people or are you mm. going to keep going? And I told myself, you came here for a reason. You keep going. And, you know, just being, you know, a servant for God, man, the Bible even says you're going to suffer for my name's sake. Mm-hmm. So, like, different things, like, people think you're going to suffer, like, sickness and all that. We all suffer through different things. And I feel like my suffering was different. You know, different athletes may be able to, be able to testify the same situation. But I feel like we suffer from, you know, 
just perseverance, you know, um, just the situations we go to. We don't get along with a coach and they just put us to the back burner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's how my career went most of the time. Like the coach, me and the coach didn't see eye to eye, just to be honest. And yeah. you know, I got overlooked from that. And my my career wasn't like I wanted it to be. You know, I still look back at him like, man, I wish I could do this, but God see better. Yeah. So I always told myself, you know, no matter how that went down, you got you got the Olympics in front of you now. So that's that's behind you. Olympics, you know, Olympic medal is gonna be more than you know a college championship, but NC, you know, NCAA Absolutely. title. So I, I yeah. told myself, you know what I'm saying? I told myself mm-hmm. that literally, and then a week later I, I went off to Cali for the USA team. And I'm like, man, God is great. Just you know. Cause it's funny because it's funny how God works. So I remember calling my mom was like, I might be going to California for the uh, four by four relay. I might be, cause I was the, the top four fastest runner. So me and this guy had a race that week to get the four by four spot. So my parents and on campus, I said, man, I ain't losing in front of them. I'm ready now. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was praying, I was ready, man. I was, I was focused. I, won, I went out, I won the race. I'm like, okay, I, I got the spot. Man, a couple of days later, I'm looking at the list. They sent out the list. I wasn't on it. Mm. So I'm like, okay, they told me if I beat him, I'm going to get the spot. So I beat him. What's the problem? So I was like, okay, well, well, God, what's next? Man, this the thing popped up about the USA Combine. I didn't see track on it, so I closed it out. I went to sleep. I woke up to a message from Maurice, and he sent me that same message from the U about the USA combine mm-hmm. and he he sent the eye emojis like the looking mm-hmm. emojis like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like okay okay God what you saying yeah, yeah, yeah. so I took that and consider it and you know I just put ball sled because a ball sled has to be 190 pounds to 200 pounds and I, I'm not that I'm about 165 so I was good for skeleton mm-hmm. so that's what led me into the skeleton route you know, God just put his hand over me because I went to California for the USA combine. So, you know, God got ways of working things out. Yeah, for sure. I, man, I know for me and just about every other athlete that I know, we have had, you know, the, you know, the run-ins with the different coaches and them yeah. having power over us to really, like, determine – how our how how our career is going to go, you know, and that happens a lot. You know, I I, I still go through it now as uh, you know as as a pro, you know, dealing with coaches who has the power to literally bench me, has the power to send me home, all these different things that we can't even control. So for you, I want to ask you, like during those times when you went through all that throughout college, how did you personally get through that? Like, how did you you know rally through that and have the strength to say like? Even in the midst of this, like I, I know you, I, I know you uh, earlier, you uh, you was quoting um, Jesus in terms, you know, blessing those who persecute you and love those who hate you, mm-hmm. things like that. So, was that kind of the perspective that you had going into that, or did you kind of have to like go through it and then learn as you go, or did you see it right away, like how you should respond to those things? I had to pray more, definitely, mm-hmm. because it was just to be honest, it was messing with my heart, yeah, and I didn't want the to anger to consume my heart and turn into bitterness. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to turn to prayer about this. So every morning, every night, I pray for my coach mm-hmm. that was doing that to me. And then towards the end of the season, it started to loosen up. I was running faster. He was like, man, Quan, he said, something's into you now, man. You Don't it feel good to run fast? I'll never forget that when he said that. I said, yes, sir, I do. But I would never get out of line with him. I would just, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'd be respectful. Mm-hmm. Because I know that you can't be you can't be a servant of God if you don't love you know others. Mm-hmm. So I still love them, even though I ain't say it verbally, but I love them from the inside because I know this is my coach. I didn't yeah. come here to be disrespectful to nobody, and you know definitely prayer changes things. When people say that, it's it's a fact, man. Mm-hmm. Prayer changes everything, and it it changed me, man. It changed me a lot. Yeah. Man, that's that that's 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 real, bro. Cause I know, man, for me, man, I've had my run in with some coaches, man. And I, I, I can say this first and I have not always handled it right, man. I've I've done you name it, bro, like waving my hand off to him, looking away, like I've 
I've been convicted so many times dealing with these coaches, oh, yeah. man. But it, it for me, it it finally hit, I'll say probably like two years ago. And I was playing in Saudi Arabia and I had just been studying like honor and things like that. And mm-hmm. during that time, I had like really been studying it. And then in the game, me and my coach, we were just going like we like 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 we wasn't going at it, but he had he just he just kept saying stuff. And in my heart, I'm like, bro, shut up. Like that's what I kept saying in my heart. But I wasn't saying it out loud, but deep down, I'm like, bro, just stop talking to me. And one time he had he had called my name and I played like I didn't hear what he was saying. And the moment the Holy Spirit came to me so strong, was like, you are dishonoring him. Like I did not mm-hmm. like like that is not what I called you to do. In that moment, I just put my head down. Like, dang, I'm I'm out here wild. I gotta, I gotta get it right. But but it's it's tough, bro, because we may feel justified in in like like in our own heart to say like, well, they don't understand this, they don't understand that. But clearly, the scripture lets us know that it doesn't matter. Like, you have to honor those who are in authority, regardless if you agree with them or not. Like 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 we have to honor them, like regardless of the position president whoever it is we have to honor them we may not have to agree but we have to honor them because that's where our guy has placed an authority over us so i've definitely had my share of you know of moments that i've even wrote a blog about that on the biblical athlete page called honoring your coaches because that was a real thing that i had to get through bro so i want to back up a little bit more so you you mentioned how you grew up in faith-based household and then you know you like it's like you had it but it wasn't like really something that it is now for you. So what was that kind of like that pinpoint coming to Christ moment for that you said that you had later on? Definitely. Um, 2016, uh, I remember I was that guy, man. Just, you know, just to be honest, I was that guy at school. I was running fast, but outside the track, I really didn't take care of my grades. Uh, I got hurt. I got injured, a bad injury. And then my GPA dropped to a 1.8. Mm. So everything just went bad at one time. So I remember going back to my room right after practice. And uh, my room, man, it's crazy. My roommate, his girlfriend was in there. And I was like, bro, you got a knife? And he said, for what? I said, I'm about to commit suicide. Mm. And once I went in there, man, I, I cried for like 30 minutes straight. I never cried so hard in my life except that moment. And he like, oh, my gosh, bro, you okay? And I, I couldn't even talk. I was crying so hard. And then, you know, a week straight after that, I didn't smile. I didn't laugh. I stopped going to class. I didn't go to practice. So that was literally the darkest moment. Like, it's only a certain few people know that, mm-hmm. that I fought through. And mm-hmm. then once, you know, I turned towards God, I started going to church more and, Every time with the church, the pastor was like preaching to my situation mm. every week. And I'm like, man, that's God speaking. And then I start getting deeper into the Bible, praying more, worship music more, just little things like that. And it made a difference. And, you know, I, I made it through that. So I, I know that my God is real. Yeah, man, that's real, bro. Um, man. Uh, so, uh, so, at, so after that, um, like once you committed your life to Christ and everything, did your perspective of your sport change? Like, did you see it in a different light? Did you see it as a vehicle to, you know, to share the gospel, things like that? Or was it kind of something that you kind of, you know, had to get, I I guess, insight on later on? Insight later on. Once I got to Tiffin, I started to do more Bible verses on my uh, posts. Okay. So every post I make sure I do a Bible verse to make sure people read the word while they're looking at my posts. Mm-hmm. You know, Snapchat, every morning I put the word on my uh, Snapchat post. Facebook, I'm really not too big on Facebook, but I need to start doing it on there. But definitely 2007 to 2018 is where everything started to change. More revelation came in, if I could say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's real, bro. I, I, think, it's, um, I think it's very crucial uh, for us as athletes, like having the platform that we have to, you know, really give it back to God at the end of the day. Because at the end of the day, like, you know, you said it already, like, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. So using this as a platform to, you know, to share the gospel is, I think it's it's amazing. That's really the heart behind the biblical athletes to encourage athletes to do that. So 
seeing you do that, like, I'd encourage you to keep it going, bro, because it's like, it, it's needed, man. Like for sure, it's really needed. So um, I want to ask, so kind of, kind of, kind of break, kind of like walk through the journey of actually finishing college. And then like, so like, so like when you left Tiffin, were you like, 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 was your mind already set on the Olympics or is that something that you kind of had to, you know, grow into to see like your next option or did you already have the, like the blueprint of what you wanted to do leaving Tiffin? 2012 was, well, when I watched the London 2012, that's when I like wanted to go to the Olympics. Cause I seen them running fast and I'm like, man, I could be that guy that's, breaking world records and winning gold medals. Mm-hmm. So leading up to 2019 when I left Tiffin, I I knew the blueprint, but I didn't know exactly how it was going to go down because, you know, God can take different routes sometimes because yeah. his will is different. For sure. So I was, I um like I said, I went off to LA. I did the USA Combine. And that's that's a whole different path. Like, let me, so let me pause that right there. So a combine for a track athlete, you know, some track athletes, they come out of school running the world leading times, world top 10 times. So they don't have to do a combine. They get in Adidas and Nike sponsors. So mm-hmm. just imagine I would have got, because I'm a big fan of Nike. All my friends know that they're like, you're going to get signed by Nike one day. So mm-hmm. just imagine if I ran the world leading time signed by Nike. Would I glorify God? Mm. I always act, would I be who I am? What mm. is God making me wait? Is he disciplining me before that moment to be strong, to be able to handle that? He got to see if I can handle it first, then he'll give it to me. Mm. So that's, I'm actually thankful he didn't do it for me right out of college. Cause me personally, yeah, I'll be saying thank you, Jesus. But what I mean it from the heart, that's, mm. you know what I'm saying? So it's little things like that where I take into consideration, like, God is great because he cared about the little things. He's so, oh, man, God is so good. He He cares about the littlest things about us. So leading up to after the combine, I went to um, Utah in November. And then I did the combine for the skeleton and bobsled team. And I had the third highest um, combine score. Then I didn't hear nothing back for the year. So I kept in contact with the skeleton coach. So he told me what to do for the following year. I did the virtual combine here at home four months later. I was getting discouraged because I'm like, man, I know I put up the stats. I did good. I did beyond what they asked. I finally got the call. Um, then I went off to Utah the next month, did my training, went down the ice for the first time. And it's just like, man, to be able to slide down the ice like that is amazing, man. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely something, you know, God to lead me in because I'm more focused on track right now. So whenever the time for skeleton comes, that's that's the time to do it. Yeah, man, that's man. Um, that's a that's a lot that you said, man. So I know I know for me, I've I've had the same thing in terms of, you know, if if God gave me everything that I wanted, like right mm-hmm. off the back, I knew like I can say. Now I can say I can handle it now, I think. But at the time of me asking and praying for these things, I know for a fact, no. We had the saying of don't let the blessing become a curse and things like that. So I like, I know I know first and forehand, like exactly what you mean by that. Like, yeah, like it may be a good thing to receive these things, but at the end of the day, bro, like it might crush you if you don't handle it the right way. And mm-hmm. and like I've heard, like I heard this um this Christian rapper saying one of his songs, he said, every time God bless you, he's taking a risk because, because God knows, you know, like we live in this body of death, as Paul says, you know, we, you know, like, like this flesh, man, the flesh is so wicked and the heart is deceitful. So like, so like we want these things for our own self. Like, you know, like we want to, you know, be praised. We want to be worshiped. We want to be on these, you know, on these high levels of achievement and be on this big time platform to say, look at me. But we obviously know that can't flow, you know, in the kingdom. You know, obviously we can't, you know, that can't happen. You know, it's no right. God before him. So and even our own stuff, you know, we can't compare to God in terms of his deity. So I definitely can relate to that, bro. And I commend you on your maturity to say, like, no, nah, I wasn't ready for that. You know, that thing probably would have turned me to an animal that I probably wouldn't even recognize. You know what I'm saying? Man, and it's millions crazy. in your account at 21. 
Yeah. It's nah. mindset different. I'm 25 now. So it's like you you mature more years after years. You know what I'm saying? Some people is mature at that age already. But I was mature, but I wasn't mature enough to understand, okay, if I got millions in my account, I'm flying all over the world. You know, yeah. it's, it's different. Yeah. It's different. That's a fact. So I want to ask you. So I know as as being an athlete myself and other athletes that I know, um, a lot of times it's hard to really, you know, have a heart of, you know, humility at times because when we are achieving our goals and we're reaching these, uh, you know, these, uh, these levels of success and people are knowing our name, people are recognizing the people are even praising this to a certain extent. It kind of goes to our head a lot, you know, like, and we get puffed up thinking that, you know, we're this and we're that because people, you know, like, you know, people, they know our name, they want autographs and this and that. And a lot of times pride creeps in. And at that point, it's, if you don't take care of it, if you don't, cast it down it's a wrap for you you know you can get really consumed by that so for you how do you deal with this issue of pride when it comes to being an athlete especially the, the person who's trying to honor god with their sport because it's easy to you know you know be consumed by pride because when it comes in you know it's it's trying to make a home you know you know what i'm saying and and we obviously know as you know as believers you know pride is probably in my opinion the most deadliest sin you know like compared to anything else like pride once pride gets in it's a wrap so for you like how do you deal with handling the success but still have a heart of humility saying that you know yes i'm trying to be successful but at the same time i'm trying to continue to give it over to god so the first thing i'm gonna touch on is when you said the autograph so when people ask me for autographs i'll be like listen um, I'm not famous, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, I'm just a hardworking guy, you know, I'm a child of God, that's, that's always my line, I'm a child of God, and I let God lead my life, so don't take this autograph and, you know, think I'm, I'm some big time superstar, I'm not, I'm just a person just like you, and I work really hard, but on the humility side, people are so prideful, they get caught up in like, oh, I did this, I did this, I did this. And they want that worship. They want that hand clap. They want people to see their social media. They like, they're they so caught up in their flesh. They they go through their comments. They mm-hmm. they want people to be like, yeah, that, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So in James 4, 6, it says, God resists the proud. So he steps away from the proud, mm-hmm. but he gives more grace to the humble. He, right. He's with the, he's with the humble soul. I believe that when you're humble, God going to give you more because he 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 knows and he trusts you what he can give you. So mm-hmm. when you're humble and he see that you're walking by his word and you doing what he said to do, he can trust you. But when you proud, he don't, he don't want no no believer all puffed up and got his chest all poked out saying, yeah, look what I did. Instead of saying, look what God did. So exactly. definitely the humble and proud, man, the humble always going to outweigh the proud. So be humble in everything you do. For sure. You also mentioned how um, in the process of going to the combine and doing all the numbers you did, you had this four-month mm-hmm. window. You had this four-month waiting period. This gap. I know for me, like, waiting, especially as an athlete, waiting can be tough because you're, re- like, you're literally stuck, like, between opportunities. Like, you know, you may do one thing and then, okay, I can't do that. I can't do nothing else until – this next phone call comes in. So I know like that's something I have to go through literally every single year. You know, I, I go play overseas and I come back home and then I wait for the next call. Like, and you're kind of like in limbo. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm play. I don't know. I'm gonna be at. I don't know when I'm gonna get the call on none of this stuff. So for you, how did, like, how did you deal with that? Or how do you deal with just the waiting period? I know you, I know, I know anxiety is running through the roof. You're like, you know, you're probably checking, you know, the website every five minutes, like, you know what they doing, you know, who, all that type of stuff. So how, how, how did you, or how do you like deal with just the waiting period of, you know, of just, really just waiting? The waiting was definitely um, nerve wracking, man. I became impatient. I was emailing the coaches, yeah. you know, seeing when, uh, when the combine results was supposed to take place. I was actually, I think a month or two ahead of the game. So I took the combine way earlier than expected. Yeah. But um, I was glad I got that done and out the way because I was at my peak performance. Mm. And that's when I did everything at my highest potential. 
So definitely waiting for four months, man. That brings me back to when I did the halftime uh, interview with you. Mm-hmm. When I was saying Sarah bore the child at 90 years old, but God came to her strictly and said, you're going to have a child. But a year later, mm-hmm. that's when she mm-hmm. had the child. Abraham waited for the promise and he got it at 100 years old. So it's like mm-hmm. God is going to allow you to go through moments like that to build you up. He's going to test you to see, okay, can he handle this four months? Is he is he who he say he is? Is he patient? Is he faithful to me? Is he going to continue to stay in my word? Things like that. God sees that. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 you know, being, you know, stuck for four months, I didn't want to do that, but it was God's plan. It was in his will and let his will be done in my life. That's what I wanted. So I, I received the promise and I yeah. went off to Utah and did what I had to do. For sure. Um, so what would you say the biggest thing that you learn about yourself, about God, about just anything in general during a, during that time of waiting? Because I know for me, even though I hate waiting, I hate, you know, just the, you know, like the wilderness moments at times, I get the most revelation. I get the most clarity. I get the most vision for my life. And I look back on like, man, you know what? That was really needed for me. So what was some of the biggest thing that you learned during those times? The most significant thing, which is, you know, was powerful. I started a fast um, Sunday, Sunday night. Sunday, I started a fast. And then Monday, I received a phone call and they're like, hey, you made the USA team. Mm. And I was like, man. So I was like, I'm, I can't break this fast. So I went a whole week off social media, certain things I didn't eat. And then I made the announcement. So it's like, you know, it, it was so crazy. The biggest thing I learned about God, God is faithful. He is who he say he is. He's a, mm-hmm. he's a just God. You know, he, like I said in the word, he says he's not man, so he shall not lie. Right. And everything that he spoke over my life, over your life, it came to pass. So God is great. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to talk about that too at the Halftime Thoughts video. Um, that's that's very crucial because um, in terms of like waiting on, like you said, like I think you said, like waiting on the promise, something like that. So, so a lot of times it's I know I know for a lot of us, and like it's hard to, you know, like we like it's kind of how like at church, right? You may mm-hmm. like get like a prophecy or the word of the you know word of knowledge or whatever the case may be, right? And everybody's in the moment, everybody's you know you know jump around, everybody's excited, but then Monday right. comes and it's like hmm, I don't feel it like I did yesterday. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's like everything was good. You know, I was like, yes, amen. Thank you, Jesus, yesterday. But now here come Monday. And now I really have to believe what I what I believe God is telling me. I have to believe what I, you know, I have to walk out what I think God is telling me according to the scriptures. And I think a lot right. of times that's the true test. It's it's not, you know, are we going to, you know, actually like say, OK, you know, and I'm like, OK, cool. You know, that makes sense. I, I agree with that. But it's walking this thing out and like a person like you like i i see what you was like a person is like okay i'm going to walk out what i think you know i know to do you know what i'm saying like i'm gonna I'm walk out what i know god is telling me to do and i think that that's the difference when it comes to you know just believing but actually like taking what you believe and putting it to action you know faith that works dead like actually putting this thing to work so for you like, was that something that you kind of had to learn how to do? Or was that just your human nature? Just like, you know, just be a man of your word and just walk this thing out. Definitely my nature, man. Since I was a kid, I always believed in myself when people was like, you ain't going to the Olympics. My Man, my coaches, my mm. college coach at Park, he, I remember when I was transferred, he said, you delusional, man. He looked me right in my eyes. He said, you delusional. Wow. He said, you never going to pass. You're not going to the Olympics. I, I don't even know why you think that. And he was, it was crazy because just months ago, he was saying, uh, we're going to do this. We're going to go to the Olympic trials together. Mm. And, you know, now I'm sitting in his office. He he downplaying me. And, you know, I think about that when Jesus, you know, when they're screaming, Hosanna, Hosanna. Next and day. then the same yep. people, mm-hmm. you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing how mm-hmm. people do that, you know. 
his his own disciple betrayed him. And you know, just looking at those moments, like when they when they do that, they see something greater in you, man. They yeah. see something greater in you, but God sees the best for you. It don't matter who's against you, is it all that matters who's before you, and that's God. And you know, once I once I really took that into consideration, I'm like, I I can do this. I can do this. I don't I don't care how long it takes, man. I know I'm gonna receive the promise. Yeah, that's man. I I love that, bro. It's um your uh your faith is 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 so contagious, man. Because you know, because honestly, man, it's like like I say, like we can say this stuff all day long. You know, like we can quote scriptures all day long, left and right, in Greek, Hebrew. We can do that all day long. You know what I'm saying? We this that's that's easy. That's light work. But when we walk this thing out, it's different. You know, like. And like, I know for me, like, I've always, like, this is how I think, right? Like, you know, we like, you know, like, we like read the Bible, whatever, right? And we can read like a whole chapter. And in our mind, you know, all that stuff happened within like a day or two. But if you really look at it, that stuff was years at a time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can read one verse and the next verse will be like three years in a time period. We're like, oh, you know, you know, I can wait. Can you? You know what I'm saying? Like Noah building an ark. Like that's what I see. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 like we can read the story yeah. of Noah in an hour and be good. But that was years, centuries of him. That was years. You know what I'm saying? Building that ark, and it's like, can you do right. that? You know what I'm saying? Like that's different. That's, that's different. Story been on me since January, man. God been. I never knew why he was speaking to me about that. He just kept saying Abraham a hundred mm. years and mm-hmm. I would keep reading over and over. And then I finally was able to come to the platform to share this. And, you know, the word that I spoke on the halftime is he, I prayed before I did it and that's the word he gave me. So it's like that, that's my, that's my word for this season. You know, to stand on the promise, it don't matter how long it takes. You see Abraham, he was able to stay contented with, God for those hundred years, he was even about to sacrifice his own son, Isaac. Mm-hmm. Like that, that shows you what type of faith he has. And they said, that's a friend of God. God called him a friend. Yeah. So definitely, you know, it's, it's just yeah. that, like I said, God cares about the little things, you know, yeah. little things. And, you know, faith is, faith is big. You got to keep having faith when you taking this journey. Yeah. It's, it's, it's literally mandatory, bro. It's like it says, like it's impossible to please God without faith. Like it's like that's the like like that's the core of this walk. It's faith. You know what I'm saying? Like we like I said, we can put this stuff like we can say this stuff all day long, but it's different. Like like you mentioned Abraham. Like God literally asked him or told him, take your family and go to the land I'll show you. He didn't say exactly where the land was going to be. He just said go, and then when it's time, I'll tell you to stop. Like that takes a lot of faith mm-hmm. to just. Get up, take your family, and leave. Like, where am I going? Don't worry about it. I tell you, when it, I tell you, and get there. And by faith, you just gotta walk. And going to a foreign land is, you know, a foreign land that you not, you know, what I'm saying that you probably not gonna be welcome in. You know what I'm saying? And and that's Crazy. that's what this requires of us. You know what I'm saying? And it's not like a hard thing because we have to, because we have the Holy Spirit to empower us. We have the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. Mm-hmm. So when people may hear this, they may say, "Man, that's tough." It's only tough when you're in your own flesh, you know what I'm saying? Like it's only tough when you're in your own strength. But having the Holy Spirit with that you, that's something. you know what I'm saying? Like that's light work. You know what I'm saying? Like that's light. Like, like David going up against Goliath, yeah, in the natural, like, man, that's tough. Nah, with the spirit with you, that's that's light. You know what I'm saying? Like that's light. And and that's the biggest thing I want people to understand is like we're not supposed to go through this stuff on our own. It's supposed to be hard without God. That's the whole point. That's why we need him. If we didn't need them, then we could do it, you know, but we can't. That's and that's the problem. You know, people try to do things in their own flesh and that can't like that's not how it works. So I so a person like you, I see you, you know, you can go through these situations and you know, these these storms looking at, you know, the Goliath in your life and be like, Yeah, in my own flesh it might be tough, but you must not know who I you know who I'm with right now. So looking at you, there's nothing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I can see that all day with you. All they said was all you need is a seed the yeah. size of a mustard like mustard seed. Yeah. That's that's this. Yeah. <laughs> that thing's small. That's all exactly. you need. That little amount of faith to move. Yeah. But so when that thing grows, if your faith is bigger, yeah. yeah. 
when it's that big. thing grow, it's, it's the big. biggest tree in in a garden. You know what I'm saying? How crazy is that? Crazy, bro. Crazy. That's light because that lets you know. You know what I'm saying? Like all you need is what you got. You know to start, which is you know the little faith. That's yeah. all you need. You know what I'm saying? He gonna take care of the rest. That's it, man. So I don't, this low key turned into a low key Bible study real quick. <laughs> I, 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 I love it though. That's, that, that's how I go. So I, I want to ask you this real quick. So I was on your page uh, recently and I see you started this thing called um, uh, Jaquan uh, Lavender Foundation. So exactly like, what is that? Yep. So the Jaquan Lavender Foundation is, you know, we, are aspiring to help the youth in the community. We're aspiring to give back uh, food drive, clothing drive. Uh, the biggest thing I want to do for my is going to be different from different foundation is having a mentorship uh, for young men and young women. Mm-hmm. Is we learn, teaching them how to learn how to fill out resumes, teaching them how to speak correctly, dress properly, you know, different things, writing skills. We want them to be ready for the world world when the time's to go to, you know, college and present themselves to a, a job, we want them to be ready, presentable, you know, cause things like that, you don't get taught, you know, in a small community coming from, you know, different areas, you know, low poverty areas, they don't get taught that type of stuff. So I want them to know that, you know, it's someone in the community still young, I'm able to help y'all do that because I, I've been through different experiences where I can help you do that. Um, but my, my foundation is based off helping the youth and the community, for sure. That's major, bro. I I, I love that. Is, that. is that something that you always had passion for, or did that kind of just come out of, you know, come all of a sudden in a sense? Man, definitely God spoke it to me. It was, um, I got it in my notes in my phone, twelve at, I think it was 12 at night. Mm-hmm. And then I went to my notes inside Jaquan Lavender Foundation, 2019. And then the lady from, from here, she was like, God gave me a dream that mm. we're going to raise $100,000 for the foundation. And he said, and God said to put it underneath your name, Jaquan Lavender Foundation. Wow. And I was like, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. So, you, you know, it's, it's, it's still in the, you know, I, yeah, I can't make that up, man. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's things still in the work. The foundation is fairly new. But definitely, once everything starts picking up, I'm going to start donating money to different schools, local businesses to help them out, for sure. That's what's up, man. Definitely, like, let me know, man. I, I definitely want to build with you with, with TBA and everything. I have a lot of um, things that I, I'm sure. I'm doing on this end as well in terms of, you know, community work as well. So, yeah, let, let you know, when, when everything is squared away, definitely let me know. And, you know, we definitely can, you know, do some stuff together for sure. Especially, you know, coming, come, you know, coming alongside, you know, you know, men of faith, you know, kingdom builders, you know, it's, it's needed. It's what we're required to do. Great commission. You know, a lot of That's people, it. we, uh, you know, they always, you know, like they love to over spiritualize things, but it's like, we're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus as well. You know what I'm saying? Like we can, you know, people can say all day, well, you know, just, you know, just pray for them. Okay. That's fine. But also be the answer to the prayer as well. You know, get out here and, you know, right. you know, get the feet moving, you know, like you're praying for this person to, yeah. you know, have opportunities and things like that. Okay. Well get out there and create the opportunity for them. So you can be the answer to the prayer. So um, I'm definitely passionate about community stuff as well. So yeah, uh, I, I'm glad to see you doing some, you know, something as well to, uh, you know, advance the, you know, advance the kingdom and, you know, be a, be a blessing. Right. The community definitely need a light, man. It's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people fall into the streets, you know, after school. And I want, you know, those people to see, man, you can get yourself right. You get yourself right. You lean towards God. Don't worry about what people see. The thing people fail to realize is they worry about what the world is saying to them mm-hmm. instead of, you know, going to God. If they worry about what the world is saying, if they trying to please men, they're not serving of God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're trying to serve men, then you never going to get yourself right. But if you're trying to serve God, he gonna fix you from the inside out, and people gonna people gonna see the light. So me, it's it's not even about me, cause the we named our thing. I I named my thing the journey to gold. So I've been saying that since 2019. Um, pertaining to the Olympics, the journey to gold continues, chasing after the gold medal. Mm-hmm. But I came up with an acronym. So gold means great opportunities lift dreams. Mm. So, you know what I'm saying? Mm. When 
opportunity is great. It's going to lift you up. Mm-hmm. But God said, humble yourself and I'll lift you up. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like I, I want I want to help people reach their dreams. I want I want to encourage them to keep going, no matter if you're from Steubenville, and people say you're not gonna make it because you're from a small city. But I, I never let that stop me. It's these things that I'm doing, only a kid could think of, and not put it to words. Yeah. You know, because it's a small city, you don't see people doing this. So now that they see me doing it, it's like man, how he making this happen? And now I could testify on my behalf, like God is the reason why this is happening. Mm-hmm, so sure. that's that's my that's my give back to the foundation. Yeah, that's what's up, man. I, I love that, bro. Um, Man, this, this has been a great, great conversation, a great episode, man. Appreciate you coming on and just, you know, sharing your story, sharing wisdom, sharing all the the insight, the revelation. I definitely have been blessed just, just listening, you know, up close. And, uh, man, I'm definitely, definitely pulling for you moving forward, man, with the Olympics and everything uh, and the foundation as well. You know, pray the best for you moving forward. I pray, you know, God continue to lead you and guide you along in your journey, man. And, um, man, let's let's definitely uh, continue to connect uh, in the future, man, for sure, because, you know, it's needed. It's definitely needed. Let's, yeah, man, we can, like I said, I come up to Columbus, come down here. We, we'll do community work, both areas, man. We got, I got people up there that, that we can connect with. I got family up there, Maurice, my boy, Brian. So we can definitely make something move in Columbus for sure. Yeah. So let's do that, man. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with it, man. But yeah, like I said, man, appreciate you coming on. And um, yeah, man, like I said, it, it was, it was definitely a blessing to hear your story and, you know, everything that you, you know, got, got going on right now. For sure, man. I, I appreciate the time, man. God is great. I thank you for, like, thank God for meeting you, man, because I think you follow me um, through a post someone has shared, and then you have popped up, man. So definitely, mm-hmm. you know, God make things happen for a reason. So I thank God for you, bro. Appreciate you. Well, that wraps it up for another episode. I pray that you were blessed by today's conversation. Make sure that you rate and subscribe to this podcast in order to be notified for new episodes. If this podcast bless you in any way, pass along to anyone you believe will be encouraged by it. To stay in the loop on all things TBA, visit thebiblicalathlete.com or on Instagram at thebiblicalathlete as well. Thanks again for tuning into today's episode. God bless.